podcast. I want to give a big shout out to the fine people who are supporting the Patreon. Not only are they making this happen, which uh, certainly I feel very supported by that process, uh, but also they've started getting all sorts of great new things. I've been recording extra Patreon exclusives with the guests who've been on. Uh, we've had Jen Zart on talking about some astrological aspects. Uh, we've had Al Cummins talking about geomancy and pizza magic. And uh, we've had the Stacking Skulls crew on talking about their musical influences, both spiritually and ridiculously in their lives. And all of this stuff is only for people who are supporting the Patreon. So please consider it. Think about how many hours of this podcast you've listened to. And jump over to patreon.com slash the hermit's lamp. If you pledge $5 an episode, you will get access to all of that good stuff, but there are perks at many levels as well. Thanks for supporting it. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, folks. We're back this week with another episode of the hermit's lamp podcast. And, uh, Today is recording with Stacking Skulls. Uh, as you may recall, this, uh, this is our fictional occult rock band, which uh, started last year or so, and uh, you know continues to be a regular segment on the podcast. So we have back Aiden Wachter and Fabeku, uh, and joining us in the guest spot this week is Jason Miller. So for folks who are just starting this fine journey with us, um, who are you? Aiden, what are you? Who uh, are you? I don't know. I can't tell um, today. Uh, I'm a talismanic jeweler. I've been doing the magic thing for 30 something years now. And uh, technically, now I can say I'm an, a best selling author, which is ridiculous, but awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, that's it. I make jewelry, I write a sum. I live on a micro ranch with a bunch of birds and some dogs and some goats. And rabbits. And a lot of rabbits. Mm -hmm. They're our doom plan. Mm -hmm. Doom happens. We know what we're eating for the first few months till they're gone. <laughs> How about you, Fabeku? Uh, yeah, uh, I do business stuff. I've done magic for <clears throat> 30 years. Uh, Artist, writer, shoe aficionado, uh, with a terribly spoiled internet famous cat who will probably make some kind of an appearance at some point in our conversation. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't. I don't live on a on a micro ranch. So, <laughs> how about you, Jason? Oh, author teacher sorcerer been doing this since i was 15 and i'm 45 now so you know a long time yeah so you know listening to this it makes me realize we're all getting old <laughs> <laughs> i remember i remember a time when i used to be like super inspired by like oh my god they've been doing this for like this many years and now i'm sort of getting on the other end of that spectrum you know i mean i've been reading cards for 35 years now something like that and doing magic for a bit the same and uh you know now i'm on that end of the thing i'm like man 
I'm starting to sound old. I'm starting to talk about, you know, stuff stuff that doesn't exist anymore. I'm like, man. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about this for me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, it happens, right? Hopefully, if you if you keep working at it, it gets better and better, which has definitely been my experience, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we recorded... Uh, Three months ish ago, the last time. What's new? What's going on in in your lives? What's changed since we talked before? If anything stands out. For me, the main thing is I spent just spent a week with uh, my grandkids and their mom, uh-huh. and that was that was awesome. That was something I've been looking forward to since they were born. They just turned five months old. And they're awesome. Nice. Mama, mama's killer. And it was a super good time. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And your book came out and it's doing super well. It has. I forgot that that actually is within that same window. Yeah. The book's doing great. Uh, and uh, really pleased with that. Uh, and uh, by the 1st of August, I'll actually be set to start sending those out to shops wholesale. I've got enough space and figured out how we're doing that. We kind of wanted to see how the, uh, how that played out overall, but that'll be, uh, again, going starting in August. So amazing. I can't wait. People keep, uh, coming in asking for them and I keep having to tell them to go to Amazon. So I'd yeah. be happy to, uh, to service that, uh, that need. So, That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll have, I'll have the specs up on that on the, on the website, uh, shortly but anybody that's interested that has a shop can just drop me a line as well and i'll add add them to the list nice so i guess i'm curious um how how has this publishing this book changed your sense of self or your identity or has it it's been really good because uh i think due to spending a lot of time early on uh, in kind of magical circles that I didn't really grok. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I've in the last few years of kind of being public again, I've kind of realized that, yeah, some of what I do does make sense to people, you know, uh-huh. uh, it is useful to people, but the general responses that I've got from the book have been so killer that I'm like, Oh, excellent. So there are a lot of people who are doing, or at least open to the type of work that I do, uh, which to me is really good because you just don't know in general if you're kind of as reclusive as I tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been really good. I mean, not it hasn't changed what I do or anything, but I'm feeling uh, more uh, kind of excited about what then I, th- I choose to think is going on in the magical world, whether I'm right or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's at least a, a you know a reasonable sized number of people who are who are kind of at least on the same page or interested in that. Yeah, um, it's cool. Nice. How about, how I think you came out at just the right time, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and if you're listening and you haven't read Aiden's book, you know, I've read a ton of books over the years. For everybody who's on here has and. Uh, it's it's a book that I wish I had read first. Absolutely. You know, it's definitely, you know, I, I started with Magic and Theory and Practice. That was my introduction to magic and uh, and the only book that I owned on it for a number of years. And uh, I think of it how obtuse and uh, unapproachable that book is from a practical mm-hmm. point of view. 
and from like, uh, you know, what do you actually do in the room when you're standing there with all these things? Uh, it's just not set up for that very well. And, uh, yeah, the amount of time I wasted sorting through and figuring out stuff and being like, oh, I get it. You have to do this with your arm. Okay, now I understand, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think for the longest time there was this divide of <clears throat> a, a, a free approach represented by chaos magic, but that rejected sort of spirits and offerings and such. And then traditionalists who, who were working with spirits and, and, but rejected sort of a freer, more streamlined approach. And in recent years, those things have come together and, and uh, Aiden is sort of right. Six ways is like a perfect manual for, look, you don't need to reject spirits to have this freedom and streamlining of chaos. It's, mm. you know, they, they can work, meld together perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, I mean, I, I think it's something that we all share to, to, you know, a large degree is a sort of connection to spirit and sort of working with spirits. And I think that at least in my experience, um, if you're listening to the spirits that you're working with, you're gonna you're gonna end up in some some more free flowing kind of space in some way or other, right? You know that communication that can come back from them, uh, you know, is super can be super open ended, you know. And even even in you know like in my Arisha tradition and stuff, which is sort of theoretically super structured. I mean, it is very structured, but it's still the, the Orishas dictating that structure, dictating what comes through, right? You're like, what offering will you accept to help me with this thing? What offering do I need to make to, to make this connection stronger? You know, and, and then you just proceed to, you know, in that case, in a formalized process, but in other ways, you know, you just proceed down the list of, would you like something like this? Would you like that? You know, and, and I think that, that's so contrary to sort of my notions from from the ceremonial stuff that I started in, which were I better do all this calculus ahead of time and make sure that uh, you know all the names add up to the right numbers and all the colors are there and all the you know angles are right and all these sort of things. Otherwise, I'm going to open a vortex into the abyss and the universe is going to collapse or you know whatever. Right? Totally. Been there, yeah. And I think too, I mean, I think one of the cool things with working with spirits is that I don't hear a lot about is it gives you a, an option to kind of go, is, am I even looking at this in any way in the right way? Mm -hmm. uh, and have some feedback from that, right? We can do that just through divination if we believe that the divination doesn't involve spirits, I guess. Uh, but uh, kind of more specifically doing it with the people that you're working with, whether that's divination or trance and going, okay, what am I just wasting my time on here? What's not going to happen this year? Mm -hmm. uh, or where should I focus this year? Uh, or where did I kind of fall off the track? Where did I fall off the rails? And that's a huge benefit to me. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think the other piece kind of following this thread is, you know, to me, it's interesting when you, when you're able to, to get the spirit's perspective on something, you know, how does 
this spirit see the thing that I'm looking at? How does this plant spirit see it? How does this animal spirit, how does this stone spirit see it? Right. It's like, for me, that's, that's one of the, like you said, the valuable things, right? Because, you know, I think we, we get so fixed into this human vantage point, which, you know, is necessary and fine, but you know, there's, there's times when all kinds of amazing shit happens when we can step out of that and swing around and look at it through a different set of eyes, whether that's through the spirits or through trance work or, you know, whatever it is. I think it, uh, that for me is, is one of the most valuable things. It's like, and specifically for me, it's been a helpful question to, to go to the spirits and ask, all right, what, what's my blind spot? Like, what am I completely not seeing? What am I fucking up? What am I mistranslating? You know, how, how am I failing to see this in a way that would be more helpful or more coherent or, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never underestimate the human capacity to rationalize stuff and Mm -hmm. avoid looking at the things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how often are people checking in in this way? How often, how often do you check in on this kind of thing? Like ask for that kind of feedback. For me, it, it's uh, it's an almost daily thing in smaller ways. You know, it's mm-hmm. whether that's through divination or through you know starting the day with with sitting with the spirits and listening and asking and you know uh, and then probably larger uh, sort of larger more structured ish uh, ways. You know, once a week, once every couple weeks. But um, I, I think for me, the the more I've plugged into this. Uh, this idea of different vantage points, the more I've realized the value of it and the necessity of it. So it, it feels, uh, it it feels off to me not to check in frequently at this point, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. and, and not, and not in a, not in a weird, you know, tell me what to do way. It's not that thing at all. It's, um, it, it feels like sometimes it feels like driving with my eyes closed and it's like, yeah, I don't need to do that. Let me just check in with the spirits or whatever it is to make sure I'm not headed toward the fucking ditch or over a cliff or, you know, whatever. So for me, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty constant thing. Yeah. It, it, for me, it's, you know, it, it's similar to how we check in with other people. Um, I mean, if I have something short that I need to hear from one of you guys, I might text you and you'll text me back and it takes just a minute. And there are experiences like that um, with the spirits through through dreams, through signals, through a, a brief appearance or a divination throughout the week. And then there's formal, like, you know, let's set some time aside to chat by zoom or have coffee or something. And those are sort of akin to the it's Saturday. I'm going to sit down and do my thing for Cyprian and see what he has to say. Uh, so, you know, these, it's a, that mix of formal and uh, an informal two-way communication, mm-hmm. because sometimes it's them being like, "Hey, dumbass!" <laughs> <laughs> right. Definitely. Sometimes, sometimes it's that like tap on the shoulder. Sometimes it's a smack on the back of the head. Right. <laughs> totally. Yep. Yes. You know. And uh, yeah. And 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 I feel like it would be it would be make me feel cool to say that I. Uh, you know, never got to the smack in the head level, but you know, it totally happens, right? Like it, it's one of those things that I think that there's this notion that we'll go down this, these kinds of roads and we'll get 
clear and focused and, and, you know, we'll discover our true will or whatever. And we'll just be like, now I'm a laser and I'm on focus and every, on, on target and everything just continues. Um, but it's, it's not really like that. It's such a wandering meandery thing and life keeps sort of pulling at it for me anyway, from, you know, all the time where it's like stuff with my kids, stuff with my house, stuff with the business, stuff with this. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, I'm getting unfocused again. Thanks to the tap on the head. Now I have to go back to it, you know? Yeah. You know, it, it reminds me, there's a there's a proverb that uh, uh, from Ifad that says, we lose the way to find the way, right? And and that to me has been one of the most useful things that I've learned because, you're, for me anyway, there never has been that point of, okay, I've anchored into the thing and I'm set and I'm good and everything just flows fine from here. I, it's just, I don't, I don't have that experience of things. So, you know, I look at this, this kind of losing of the way, whether it's a little mini thing or a great big detour in the middle of who knows where, uh, is, you know, it's just, to me, that's the process is, is annoying as it is. And I find it super fucking annoying. I have no enlightened perspective on that at all. I find it incredibly annoying, uh, <laughs> but annoying and common. So, yeah. Well, I think too, it's like, uh, uh, Dan, John, who's a strength coach. He says, uh, everything works until it doesn't. <laughs> right. Uh, and we would like to have this sense where we could kind of find that track that is, is perfect all the time. But in reality, whether, no matter what it is, you get here three weeks, month, three months, year, and then you come off the rails cause things just need to change. You're totally different. The situation is totally different. Uh, and you have to adapt to that. Honestly, it's, it's a good measure uh, for people, especially at the, at the beginning, uh, where they're still sort of differentiating. Am I projecting or am I perceiving something? If, if the spirit you're talking to is always agreeing with you and always affirming you, and that's you and your fantasy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, that's something we've talked about a lot here is that's the, that's the main sign, right? If they don't periodically go, dude, do this instead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and you're like, what? I don't want to do that. It's like, yeah, do it instead. <laughs> then I think we're probably doing pretty well here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They come through and be like, go ahead, knock yourself out. I'll be waiting here when you're tired and you want to like, go to the other room. Yeah. Well, yeah, this kind of leads into a question that somebody asked, um, you know, what, what do people think about destiny in relationship to this, right? Like we're talking about our attempt to sort of stay focused or stay in line in the, the values and, and trials of meandering off track a bit. Where, where's destiny in this mix? What, what do you, what do people think here? Hmm. <laughs> That's what we think. <laughs> well, as, here's what I'll, first of all, I know just making it up. I think there's this fixed elements and then there's elements that are in flux, right? I, you know, I don't have a sense that everything is somehow laid out. And again, who the fuck knows? But uh, I think that there, there are probably some elements that are set. What those are, no idea. I'm sure they're probably different for everybody. I think most of the other pieces are kind of in play and there's some, some flux to those. Um, 
you know, how do we figure those out? I, I, I don't know. I mean, the way I figure it out is uh, kind of a mix of, of divination, but probably even more than that, it's, it's, you know, pushing against it magically. Does this budge? What does it do? How does it respond when, when I point magic at it? Does it, does it, does it flex? Does it push back? Does it change? Does it, you know, tell me to go fuck myself? You know, what, what does it do when magic gets, gets pointed in that direction? But, uh, yeah, so for me, it feels like a mix. And I think, uh, at least in my experience, it feels like there's more that's in flux than not in flux. You know, I I kind of struggle with the idea that it's all kind of mapped and laid out and we just kind of, you know, somehow run our way through it. That that doesn't seem consistent with my experience at all. Hmm. Yeah, I tend to think of it like um, like traveling through outer space, right? So there's, there's tons of space, right? There's tons of free will. There's tons of, like, we can move in many directions. Um, but I also think that when we're, when we're plotting our course and stuff, we, we encounter gravity, right, from, from stars, from planets, from whatever. Some of those we might want to go directly to for some reason. Some of those we might just find ourselves near as we're going by. And, you know, as we, as we proceed through our lives, the choices we've made, the history of, of our ourselves, um, you know, they kind of lock us into these different kind of patterns, right? And, you know, but I think that the, 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 where this metaphor falls down is that some of those things are destined, right? We're inevitably going to get close to something. And maybe that was that's put there in our orbit for whatever reasons, right? And, you know, it's kind of that, that situation, you, you push, you pull, you know, you're caught in the, it's like a episode of Star Trek, right? You're caught in the gravity well, what do you do, right? How do you get out of it? Or do you get out of it? Can you get out of it? Um, you know, and I think that different people's lives have different um, quantities of these kinds of things, you know? And I also think that the more one pursues magic and spiritual stuff the more if you're doing it well the freer one becomes and the more you know thrust you have to sort of move in different directions until you don't right and i think that that's always the thing right it's i don't think that we ever become truly free of it entirely but it definitely doesn't run the show either all the time yeah absolutely I, I rarely think in terms of destiny. Um, and and I, I think I probably divine less than a lot of people too. I'm, I, I, I was watching an old episode of house recently. And if you've ever seen it, he never tests for anything. He's just like, you know, well, we think it might be this, let's give the treatment. And if they get better, we'll know that's what they have. And if not, we we still got to keep going. And I, I remember sitting there thinking, and I'm like, you know, that's a little bit like how I deal with magic. <laughs> like, you know, well, let's throw this at it and see if that works. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I guess it's not that I don't ever feel destiny or, or sense destiny. I try to ignore it. And, I I just feel like if I the best decisions are made without that in mind for me. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm kind of with Jason on that. Um, I think that there's something, whether you want to call it destiny or fate or whatever, that's present, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, I take everything back to the physical, just on a constant. It's kind of like our, our genetics and not in some kind of, you know, racialist kind of way, but like I'm 5'10 and I'm not going to be a great NBA player no matter what. <laughs> and so there's things that are like that. I think that go on in, in magical practice. And that's one of the kind of processes that I think we all go through is we figure out what works for us and what doesn't. And you kind of have to learn to not bang your head too much against the things that just consistently don't work. Um, and so on that level, I think that's real. I think that there's some stuff each of us are better at, but uh, as far as like, and I also get your kind of the kind of gravity concept, because there's definitely things that you, that I get pulled to really hard. But I think that that's like my allies assisting, like you should totally go check this out mm. uh, more than I think it's anything like fate or destiny. All right. Wizard, wizards four, destiny zero. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another question that we got asked here was, um, you know, uh, as often comes up, you know, especially when Aiden's going to be on the show about trance work and meditation and stuff, right? But I know Jason's also a uh, a master meditator. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hear I hear wonderful things about about his course and and so on. So, um, you know, but I guess I guess you know the the question is sort of like someone was asking to share what really sort of comes from that and what's really like where's an example of how that really changed something for for you or for all of us you know so but i mean let's let's frame it more generally what, what do you what do you get from that practice how does it serve you and and why might people want to want to dig into that more you know let's start with the master meditator <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, so, you know, are, are, are we talking meditation or trance? Cause well, they're, they're together. So, so for me, they're, they're really radically different things. Um, Hi. Yeah, for sure. in, in trance work, if, you know, what I see is important and I'll follow it and, you know, take it on that journey. In meditation, I'm learning to rest in the, the natural state of my awareness. So if, uh, you know, the Virgin Mary walks up to me, picks up her skirt and says, follow me, I'm supposed to go, sorry, I'm meditating. You know, I'll, I'll save five minutes after the meditation. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm focused on this thing right now. And so that's the, you know, uh, if a Buddha appears on the road, kill it. And what I get out of it is uh, a grip on what my own mind feels like. It, it first of all, it, it, when things arise that are momentary wants, you know, I really want a burger with a lobster on top. 
but what I should have is a salad. (laughs) (laughs) Meditation helps say, okay, you know, release that thought, focus on, you know, what the will is all about. Um, But it's also uh, when I sense things from spirits and they're not audible, like I can hear them with my physical ear, I can, you get an idea of what your own mind feels like and what input is as opposed to fantasy. So, uh, you know, there's just tons of benefits from meditation, all of which can sort of be reached through other things, but then it's a matter of, do you want a hundred different things to get these hundred benefits? Or do you want to do just the one thing? Um, that is unfortunately anti-magical for a lot of people. It's, it's the hardest thing to get students to do. They, you know, they really don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I, 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 uh, for me, yeah, they're totally different things. And kind of similarly, uh, meditation for me is just how I kind of get to ground zero. Like what's going on with me? where is the continuous chatter going right now? And can I kind of back away from that and turn the volume down on that so that I can, uh, yeah, kind of have my own mind for a while and decide what I really need to do rather than, especially now with the internet (laughs) and 8 million terrible movies on Netflix and Amazon prime and whatever we all have. uh, We're like in the, aeon of distraction and so oh. meditation is like a beautiful way of just going okay i'm going to take 20 minutes or 10 minutes or an hour or whatever and i'm going to sit down and not be distracted to the best of my ability which is totally variable depending on the day uh and i think it's just it's like immeasurably helpful for me is what i would say uh but yeah it's difficult for magicians because we want to do stuff we want to yeah. make change and so the benefit I would say is that meditation for the magician will help you see what is really what you really want to change rather than being uh, kind of caught in distraction uh, and delusion, not in the massive way, but in the not in a kind of universal way, but just in small delusions like I really like the, the burger with the lobster. It sounds great. I'm but, just wondering uh, if that's a path to one of the things I could get from meditation. That's really what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a brilliant idea, personally. <laughs> I'm kind of into the concept. <laughs> it, it's literally on the menu at a place around the corner from here. A, a nice. burger tops with lobster meat and, and, it, and a nice remoulade. It's wonderful. Casey's oh, caboose. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and you get to this realization that there's nothing that we know that's not coming through our own minds. So I remember sitting there with somebody, uh, some guy, I don't know who he was. He was wearing this weird robe in, in Boda and he was sitting out just like on the walkway around the great stupa. And he was making a big show of being like really important with his robes and this mala that was like 108 baseballs like size things and and he's sitting there 
and all of a sudden he's starting to get angry at everybody walking by. But, you know, this is also the center of town. People walk by. And at one point he just, I'm sitting like a hundred feet away from him eating lunch at an outdoor cafe. And he like gets up and he's like, people can't see that I'm meditating. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know what your robes are for, but you suck at this. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, ultimately if we, if we realize how distracted we are with our own just push and pull of, of every little thing that we've, that's been laid on our minds our whole lives and if you believe in past lives, then all of that too, like the momentary distraction is just another one of those things. Like the external, like the guy walking by is so much less insidious than what do I want for dinner? Or I'm so good at this meditation thing. I'm the best. I'm so clear. <laughs> for sure. You know, for me, I think that uh, I agree that meditation and trance are, are really different things. Uh, for me, meditation has been the thing that I go to to reduce the noise that amps the signal, right? And I think that, you know, whether that's, you know, before magical work, facing the day, dealing with hardship, having a difficult conversation whatever it is, it, it, it's the place that I can go that I can, I can turn the volume down on the noise so that the signal is clearer and more easily accessible. And then trance for me is a thing that I would say uh, changes the types of signals that I can access, right? So it's like it expands the frequency band that I have access to. And, you know, I think the other useful thing for me with trance and I think some, maybe some people do this with meditation, but that's not my relationship to it is there's a, uh, there's this, th there's this transcendent quality to it. And I don't, I, what I mean by that is there's, again, this kind of goes back to when we get sort of too boxed into our own shit that, you know, whether that's a struggle we're facing or our own perspective or whatever it is, you, when, when we move into a trance, it's like we have the ability to kind of stretch out and shake all that shit off. And in that, there's this, there's the, there's this sort of expanded capacity, expanded coherence, expanded, you know, velocity. All of these things happen. So for me, uh, I mean, sometimes there's there's a focused trance work of going to a particular place, or working with a particular spirit, or doing a particular type of of working. And sometimes there's just this this accessing a trance state for that transcendent ability of being able to kind of stretch out and shake all the bullshit out so that I can get back to whatever it is that I need to do in a way that is, that is clearer and more coherent and more effective. Totally. Yeah. And for me, I, the, the trance thing is like my main kind of spirit contact space. Um, I'm not, I've never been one that gets super clear messaging when I'm awake, I get enough to work with, but if I actually kind of want in depth, communication that all happens to me and that all happens for me in trance and i do a lot of what i kind of think of as body work though it's not necessarily physical body work there that's kind of where i do most of my healing work for myself um and yeah for me it's just the most open space that i can go into as far as experiential contact with the spirits where i can kind of go into the zone or, or where i know that i meet those things and um 
the communication is much clearer and much more two way and they're able to, it allows them to show me things that I normally, I'm just not that visual when I'm awake uh, and you know, eyes open daytime shit. And then uh, that's where now I get most of my kind of ritual instruction. That's where that stuff comes from is the allies that I have. There's a few of them that are kind of continuously, not like every day, but you know, every once in a while, and that might be every year or two, somebody will go, you should try this for a while. And those have all been really huge, huge things for me. They're much, much more, more uh, useful than the ones that I come up with when I'm sitting there with a pen and paper going, I want this, I'm going to do it this way. So. Well, and, and in that way, I think that the, the trance space for me is one of the most effective working spaces, right? So, you know, going back to, you know, some of the ideas in chaos magic that, you know, trance or gnosis is required for magic. I don't know that that's entirely true, but uh, for me, it's largely true in terms of the way that I function and the way that I work. And it's not that it's not that I can't do magic outside of that space. I do. But uh, there is a difference in the experience and oftentimes a difference in the results that I have when I do magic in that trance space as opposed to when I don't. So, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a required component for everybody, but for me, it's a, it's a really profoundly necessary ingredient. Yeah. I think, I think I might be a bit well, either, either my conception of it and my language around it makes it seem like I'm an odd person out in this conversation. Um, or I just have kind of a different approach, you know, uh, I don't really meditate anymore. Uh, I, I always feel like I should, like I guess like, you know, <laughs> like right up there with, I should eat that salad and I should do whatever. Um, but I, I find that, um, I spend so much time floating and connected to, to spirit side. You know, I mean, I spend 15 hours a week doing readings and stuff for people plus whatever other time I'm doing with that. So I'm so continuously connected to that space and continuously flexing that muscle of, is this me? Is this my thought? Is this the divination? Is this the spirit message? You know, so I'm, like, I'm always kind of working that stuff in a way that um, I, I, I feel like uh, I, maybe this is, maybe this is a bad metaphor, but I feel like, uh, you know, like a personal trainer in that regard, you know, spend so much time at the gym moving stuff around that I'm not so sure what's left that I need just for myself in that regard. <laughs> and then most of what I need for myself in that regard um, comes through uh, making art and sort of being connected, which is probably where my trance-like stuff happens, you know, sitting down with, with whatever I'm working on and, and just sort of channeling stuff through and working in that capacity. Or going to the places in nature where, you know, the spirits that I work with more so like to be present and sort of paying attention for signs and omens and communications there. But I feel like that trance space where, where spirits accessible to me or messages are accessible to me sort of almost always continuously just, just at the edge of my awareness. And so I feel like I can fall into it so easily now that setting aside big chunks of time or, or, or sort of regular pieces of practice for it um, just, just haven't seemed super necessary. And when I've sort of buckled down with that should and sort of been like, All right, I should do this. I'm going to do this. And 
you know, I do it for, for a period of time and I don't really notice a particularly big difference. And to some extent, I sort of feel like then I, I spend a lot of time showing up and nothing happens because they were like, dude, I already talked to you earlier today. Like, I don't know why you're here. <laughs> you know, I don't have that hamburger you want now. That's not going to happen. Right. So. <laughs> well, but it, to me, I think that's one of the, for me, one of the trans stuff is that, like you said, it becomes accessible. It's right at the edge. So, you know, 20 years ago, it felt like kind of a production to get into that space. Now you close my eyes and take a couple of breaths and you're there. Mm-hmm. You know? And so in, in that, in that way, I think that's another really concrete benefit that's come from doing that work for, for so long. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't feel like a different state to me. It feels a little like leaning to the left as opposed to, you know, however it is I'm normally sitting. It's a, uh, it's a slight but significant shift at this point. Doing doing inner heat practice, the the Timo practice, has really helped <clears throat> move my make that trance state much closer and and deeper, so that I can do what Aiden is talking about. Like you know, receives those messages down to the details of this is the practice, this is how it should go. And then you take it for a spin. And then the next time it's like, no, you didn't do that quite right. And then, you know, what's, what's amazing is, I mean, I, some of the stuff that I, I teach professionally is, is rooted in those kinds of messages. And then when I go to teach it, the spirits are like, well, it was fine for you to be this loose about it. But if you're going to, you know, we should firm this up and like, you know, so I'll be like, you know, there's more I have to add here that I didn't expect. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I, and I think that, you know, as you say, Baker, right. You, you get to this place where, where it is so close all the time. Right. If you're, if you're doing that practice, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I spent, spent a year doing pranayama every day for like an hour. And then doing just sitting meditation for a chunk of time as well. And like, you know, all those things, right? But they, uh, this is the, the downside to being old. They're so far back that I don't entirely remember them as a lived <laughs> practice as such, you know? <laughs> you know this, was, this was like 20 odd years ago. I don't remember exactly what that's like. I, I have some documentation and some memories, but it's not, uh, I know I, it's like learning to swim, right? Once you know how to swim, you no longer really think about it anymore. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that ties into the stuff that uh, Jason's teaches in strategic sorcery and and uh, sorcerer's secret, I think. Um, and then that I have my versions of in six ways on the kind of energy work, the orbit orbital work and stuff like that. Is that yeah? There's like a period where you kind of have to really focus on that stuff um, until you've kind of got a solid sense of it, and then it's available unless you kind of just get too distant from it. And then you got to kind of drop back in uh, and, uh, uh, you know, kind of do the refresher. It's a little bit like my take on running now that I'm not like a runner. Cause it's like, I don't have to run every day. I have to run a little bit to kind of keep all that, all that metabolism still working properly. And if I 
take too much time out like I did from being injured, then I actually have to take, you know, maybe eight or 12 weeks to kind of work back up to where I can actually run a couple miles once a week without it being a big thing. But then I don't have to focus on it as much. And I think that that's, that's just kind of the process of everything that you've got to kind of put in the groundwork. And then once that foundation is built, it allows you some flexibility. It's not like you have to sit and meditate for the same amount of time forever, every day, or you're fucked. Uh, but you start to notice like, Oh, my brain is kind of churning nonsense. I probably need to sit a little more. <laughs> well, you know, the, the way I look at it is, is like a, like a chef, right? They're, they're, you know, in the beginning when they're in training, they have to practice their knife skills. And that means cutting up fuckloads of carrots day after day, after day, after day to get them just right. And then after a period of time, when they have that skill, they don't have to think about it, right? You know, they just, they have access to the expertise that's come from that. And of course you don't have to sit and chop piles of carrots forever and ever, right? But there, there is that, that muscle building period. I think until you you get that skill, that muscle memory of it, where you can you can clear the static, you can move into trance, you can you can enliven the sigil, whatever it is, you can do the thing because you've built up the practice, and and that you know that takes time, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and for me that that works for everything. So like now, I'm sure that there are people that are uh, just because I'm talking to people about it, some folks that aren't public practitioners. So I'm willing to talk to them a little bit in the background about some of the six ways practices. Like, yeah, that whether it's the reclaiming ride or the stars of the six way or the scraping, this is like a long process for them because it's super new to them. And so they're having to kind of think through all of it and sit with it. And that whole thing is like maybe five minutes a day for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's totally effective within that, but it is, it's like, I've practiced that thing so much. Uh, or those things that I can kind of wander in and go, okay, what needs to happen today? Do it and be back with what else is going on really quickly. You get that body memory and it, it, you know, it just Mm -hmm. comes naturally. Mm Yeah, for sure. So another question we got asked was um, what, what do you see as sort of, magicians roles in the world you know is this is this a, a thing that's changing do you think of yourselves you know you're, you're all well we're all public figures to one extent or another right do you do you see uh an do you see the the way in which being a magician and and, and being out in the world is changing is it the same as it's always been is it even a relevant question for you what, what do you think it it's starting to get more uh more acceptance um i i i think (laughs) um it's certainly you know it it's Well, yeah, it's it's starting to get more acceptance as for what the role is in the world. Um, you know, I, I don't expect, uh, you know, a government funded department to open up anytime soon. But, um, you know, we, we there are people at higher levels than I think some people would think that that seek intercession of magicians and and wizards and such and you guys all know this um 
but you know, the amazing thing is I was, there's some ad that came across my Facebook this morning. It's like, you know, this psychic who works for Courtney Cox and this person and that person. And I was kind of like, you know, every person that's even, you know, nowhere near that level of notoriety, but even just like slightly, it's kind of like, keep this under your hat. Like this is not something that should or can get out. Um, so it's more acceptable and, and, but, and everybody does magic, whether they call it that or not. Yeah. Yeah. I totally think it's just kind of a normal human function, um, that got lost, uh, as far as like it being clear. Cause I think that it's hard for me to imagine that in the time of in the time of zero distraction, because if you were distracted, you died, which is most of our history. Uh, that people weren't just massively tuned into all this shit, uh, and from everything that we can know, uh, from what we tend to think of as kind of primitive cultures or Aboriginal cultures, that's true. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird thing in the in the kind of materialist West, but. Uh, it's totally normal to me. Uh, so I'm not sure that there's any function that's really different than what there always has been. Uh, it just, yeah, just kind of attempting to make the changes that you need or people need, um, and kind of keeping spirit channels open so that we can have something that's a little bit more to me, more real than a lot of, uh, the kind of incredibly synthetic, uh, world we've generated. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't. I don't know that the role is any different uh, at all at this point. I think that one of the things that, uh, and I think this might be why there's kind of a one of the reasons why there's sort of an upswing in the interest of magic is, um, I think magic gives people a sense of hope. You know, not in some you know kind of fake bullshit you know rah rah kind of sense, but you know when you understand that magic gives you the ability to kind of interface directly with sort of the wiring under the board, the things sort of behind the curtain and work with things that are in flux, work with things that are look and are chaotic and, and difficult and somehow, you know, kind of slide things in the direction that you'd like them to go. Uh, I think it gives people a sense of hope. It gives them a sense of there are other options than what I had considered. And I think that that's important on an individual level, on a communal level, uh, on, a, on a global level, you know. Um, and I, I think that that matters. And I, think that's, I don't think that's anything new. I think magic has always done that. I think that's probably one of the things that, um, that has drawn people to magic forever, um, but I know in my own conversations with people about it, that's one of the things that people are consistently talking about is that, you know, I, I have a, a renewed sense of hope that I didn't have before because I get that there are things I can do that make things different than they are now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that as, as life continues to become more complicated and, you know, more challenging in some ways, right? You know, I mean, it's it's been a, a distressing, you know, year or two for a lot of people. Um, I mean, it's been a distressing whole lifetime for other people for sure too, right? But um, but I think that as we as we run into more challenge, you know, I think that accessing spiritual spiritual tools and magic and divination and all those things fill that function really well, right? And it's a thing that. 
uh, you know, some people would have turned to family practice. Some people would have turned to somebody in their community. Some people would have gone to the church for, you know, to sort of make those different kinds of connections and to help make sense of stuff. And I think that certainly, certainly as a diviner, I often feel like I'm in the role of priesthood, right? They wouldn't necessarily choose it that way. But, you know, if we think about it, you know, people come for divination and they come for hope. They come to confess. They come to make sense of things. They come to reorient themselves once they're, you know, turned around. And, you know, magic is really just, you know, an extension of that or some of those things directly, depending on what we're talking about. So, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's really necessary. And I think that it's really, you know, as Jason says, it's, um, you know, not, not like some BS tagline on, on someone's promo, but like, you know, lots of people are doing it and lots of people that you would never imagine are doing this stuff. And I think that, you know, it being a, a personal direct practice or direct engagement versus sort of like a public show of things is is important as well, you know, as part of that, because I think that we we don't we don't want to be the, the monk with the baseball mala, you know. <laughs> right? Standing in our ropes going, you know, why aren't you giving me more money? Why aren't more famous people coming to me? You know, I'm get off the lawn. <laughs> get off the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, th- there's a certain extent to which I think the, uh, I don't know, the, the, the growing multi- multiculturalism, the awareness of sort of non-Protestant culture in North America is, is acknowledging aspects of magic that are already present in the living traditions of so many uh, other people from from Catholic countries and folk traditions around it to uh, magic within Buddhism, which is just right out there for you to see in, in Tibet and Thailand and India and everywhere, and um, you know Afro Caribbean traditions and and so on. So as people, uh, for lack of a better word, guess less white about it magic gets can be seen as to how it integrates into people's everyday lives without it having to be this very, very special thing that I put the robes on and I'm doing in secret. And, uh, you know, that may make it less special for some people who kind of live and breathe on that. But uh, I think it's a good thing overall. Well, I also think that the, the, I mean, maybe not if you're posting on Instagram, but in general, no, magic no. will keep itself secret too if it needs to be, right? You know, oh, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, I as as a as a you know an alocha, you know, I have quite a large amount of stuff in my house that is the the Orishas, you know, either they're consecrated vessels with the mysteries inside and all the accoutrements that have come from them and, and so on. There's a lot of stuff that's, that's around my house. And, you know, I've had people who've come and watched the kids for like years. And then one day they're just like, wait, wait, wait what is that? 
you know? <laughs> 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 what do you mean? It's been there the whole time. You don't know who it like was? They're like, oh, I know who he is. I just, why is he in your house? I'm like, how have you not seen it for like two years, right? You know? I mean, these things will, will conceal themselves if they need to as well, right? That fine balance, I think. Yep. So, we've got this question that I think is uh, it's a really uh, great question. What do, what do you wish people would stop asking you? <laughs> what are the, what's the question that just you're just like, oh, really? Come on. Jason? I don't think I have one. You don't have one? Okay. No, the only thing that I get is crazy We'll wait till the static ends. I do get crazy talisman requests that are like, I want a talisman to make me bulletproof. And it's shit like that that you're just like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people who have tried that, but I've never heard of it working. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so other than abs- than outright absurdity, uh, mm. I don't really have any. Yeah, I, I get the absurdity sometimes, and they they don't really bother me because I just open them and I look at it and go, okay, you know, close. Um, the the regular, you know, I. Even though I don't do this work, I've never done this work, the, the sort of the regular reconciliation at any price mm. uh, kind of request, that's something that, you know, I just, I wish that would go away. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, that's um, the question where he's now living with my sister and has 16 kids with them, and I've been separated from this person for 20 years but I will give you all this money if you can make this person come back and be with me. That question. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it, it's just sort of like, I don't want that, you know, no, absolutely not. Um, you know, in, in, in some of my courses that go on for months, I'd have to say the question, it's not even a question. It's a, the people that are, geared towards sort of hyper visualization they can they they close their eyes and they can see all kinds of stuff and i'm like this to an extent myself but it's a matter of like let's let's take that and go deeper like let's put that aside for a little while so you know i'll spend the first couple months telling people like ignore these kind of visions or evaluate them. Like, is this important? Did it tell you something you didn't already know? Or is it just a thumbs up? If it's a thumbs up, take the thumbs up and keep doing what you're doing. If it's a, if it's something actionable, then evaluate it like you would advice from a person. But in general, don't, don't chase after it. Like, use a practice to get deeper information. And then you can start getting stuff that's like, wow, this, this matters. And because that also people that aren't like that, who maybe when they get a vision or a message, it will be like really important because they're not prone to that kind of thing. 
they sort of feel like, well, I must be doing something wrong because so-and-so has, you know, phantasmagoric trips every time they utter a prayer and I'm not. Whereas I'm kind of like, well, actually, no, there, there's nothing wrong with you. And, you know, um, maybe that person that gets phantasmagoric trips when they put something out in terms of spell work are not going to get the results you have because they're great at receiving and not so great at sending or, um, or when you, you know, when you really receive something, it's going to be like, huh, yeah, that's, that's got meaning and teeth and something I can dig into. I hit this point in my own practice, uh, especially like working with clients and doing readings and stuff where, I realized that I had a choice where I could just know what the answer was or I could have like a big visual thing about it. And I was like, it's so much easier just to know what it is than to like proceed down into this like vision of it all and stuff like that. And so I sort of started prioritizing a different way and, you know, submitting my requests, you know, to the other side. Like, so if you need to show me, please, please do. But if you just tell me, that'd be awesome. And then we can get on to the next thing, you know? And, uh, it's worked pretty well, you know? So, yeah. Well, isn't that that's one of the gifts that I'm going to wait till the static plays. I, I think that's one of the great gifts. Nope. Um, one of the great gifts of... Um, of that kind of trance work that you guys were talking about before, it's like, you know, I don't need to break reality every time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to sit there and like, nope, get in the crystal. No, in, not in my head, in the crystal. No, not over there, in the crystal. No, <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear about it in a dream, in the crystal. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, if you can build a relationship, if you can, you know, develop the capacity to kind of meet the spirit halfway rather than, uh, I got made fun of once on social magic reactions for calling it fracking. You're basically like spiritually fracking reality. Like I'm going to pull the top off this (laughs) just Mm -hmm. to get to what I want. Uh, but you know, I stand by it. Yeah. yeah, I think that there's a lot to, uh, as you said, just kind of the easy, accepting the easy way in and realizing that a lot of the flash is not necessarily actually helpful. Like it can be cool, but it doesn't necessarily actually do what you want. And so in relationship to the stuff that you, whether it's, I, I'm not sick of it, but I never have anything to say is because I've got enough people that are aware of what I do, uh, I get kind of like the occasional email that's like this happened on Thursday and you get some incredibly abstract book of the law kind of thing. What do you think? (laughs) It's like, I have no idea. I don't think anything. I have no concept of your experience, your context, anything else. Uh, And it's not my transmission. Uh, They're talking to you for some reason. And perhaps that makes sense to you, but it's, it's a, I could try and explain the shit that happens to me. And it's in most cases, I don't think it would make sense to most other people uh, frequently. But again, if you can kind of go, can we be pretty straight about it? I don't need it to be fancy looking. I don't need it to be, 
can you show me? You know, I do a lot of things with uh, some of the main, my main kind of allies. And it's like kind of the inner dialogue is like, put this in my body. Like, let me feel what you want me to feel. Don't tell me about it because I'm pretty stupid. But if you can kind of cause me to have that sensation, uh, then I can use that. And so that's more what goes on for me now. I think for me, in terms of question, there's, there's two, two types, really. The first is, you know, do I have to believe in magic for it to work? And I, I understand why people ask that question. But uh, for me, I struggle with it because I, you know, I'm not an evangelist. I don't really give a fuck what you believe. I don't give a fuck if you believe. And I'm not, I don't think that, uh, I think it, it, my approach to this is like, you believe it when you believe it. And the only way you believe it is by doing it. So to me, the question is, I think the, the better question is, how do I get started? How do I do this? Not, does it require belief? Because I think you can just, you know, kind of fuck yourself in a circle going around with that kind of nonsense. My thing is, I, I don't know, try it and see, see what happens. You know, it's, there are a million ways to get started that are not terribly complicated and, see what happens. And, you know, if, if you believe it as you go, great. And if not, fine, you know, but I, I think that, um, I, I find the question problematic because I, I think it, it creates, uh, it just creates this weird circular motion for people, you know? Um, and I think the other problematic questions are any kind of question that, that gives up someone's own sense of sovereignty right whether it's asking me should i do this or or kind of deferring that sovereignty to the spirits of the allies or whatever those questions are always problematic to me it's like uh, i i think the same kind of common sense rules should apply to magic as they apply to you know any other facet of life any other kind of interaction you have and i don't think that we should somehow you know give up our sense of sovereignty or our sense of agency uh by asking what we should do. I, I think that I, that, that to me feels like a sideways kind of a thing. So those are always questions that I, I, uh, I don't like to answer. And I really strongly discourage people from asking because um, I think, again, it's, it's just rooted in a perspective that uh, for me feels really problematic. Yeah. Don't ask, don't ask the spirits for permission for something you want to do. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, ask them for advice in general, but like, yeah. And I think I think even asking, you know, should I do this this working? I don't I don't know. How, I I can't answer that. You know, you you know what you need. You know what you want. You know what's what's important for you. You know what you're willing to sacrifice in the process. I I have no way of answering that question for you. And I shouldn't I shouldn't be the one answering it in the first place. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's an interesting question. You know, I think that there are. There, there are definitely times where I ask spirits, especially the Orishas, should I do this? Should I do that? But it's more along the lines of like, should I, when I moved from the old shop to the new shop, I'm like, should I sign the lease on this place? Should I do this thing? Like they're, they're, they're more like, and they're not guarantees, but they're like, is this, is there good possibilities here? Is there a pitfall? You know, that's really what I mean by these shoulds, right? Is this a space where something can happen? Or is there some something that you see that I don't see that's going to be a big hot mess with this, mm -hmm. right? Um, but yeah, I think that that quickly and usually turns into something much more problematic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I find that uh, I, I definitely, you know, I get my I get my share of the the bulletproof. 
questions or the reconciliation stuff that I'm like, that I'm often like, I'm not that interested in it. Um, you know, it doesn't bother me per se. I'm just like, no, thank you. That's not what I do. Um, I guess the, the question that, that I've been getting lately, and I think it's, I think that I need to set some time to, to put something out there to sort of counter this is, you know, I've, since, uh, since the announcement of the Orisha Tarot has happened, I'm getting more emails from people basically asking me if I will initiate them and make them a priest. And I'm just like, it doesn't, it doesn't even begin to work that way. And, uh, you know, there's sort of a presumption of, it depends on where they're coming from, but there's often this sort of presumption of entitlement or this sort of desire that, that they're going to start a road that will take them there. And I'm like, I don't even know you like number one, <laughs> this is a permanent lifetime long commitment you're asking of me. And number two, I, you, you don't even know if this is your path. You feel drawn to it, but that doesn't mean that that's true or, or helpful or real or valid, valid at this time or, or ever maybe, you know? So I think that, uh, I think that I need to talking about this conversation tells me that I need to put something together and put it out there so I can kind of point people to things and be like, Hey, just go read this. So it gets you a better idea of how this works. But Andrew, I read a book about it last week, and I'm really, really into it. Yeah? Only one book, not all the books? <laughs> Come on, Chris, I'm so disappointed in you. Come on. And all the websites, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially the websites. Especially where, the websites. You know, they're the critical source. The critical source at every juncture, right? That's yeah. it. <laughs> all right. Well, we have been on this call for a long time. I want to thank you all. Um, you know, let, let's, let's do a quick round and, and just sort of say, say where, where the, the best place for people to come and find out about you and what you're up to is, and, uh, and then we'll wrap it up for the day. Aiden, where should people come connect with you? Uh, AidenWachter.com, AidenWachter on Instagram, AidenWachter on Facebook, <laughs> uh, all of that. And then Six Ways currently is strictly available through online bookstores, but pretty much all the big ones. And uh, as I said earlier, we'll try it. We'll, we'll be getting those out into stores that are interested in the next probably five weeks. So, Fantastic. Jason? StrategicSorcery.net. And from there, you can find... Facebook and all the other places that I might be hanging out. Definitely. And if you are, if you're learning to looking to learn from the meditation master, you should go check that out because uh, wow. I get fantastic things. <laughs> you too could get a fancy robe. <laughs> if you enroll now, get a free baseball mala included with the price. Right. Yeah. I don't know who that guy's tailor was, but it was awesome. <laughs> Very nice. Fabeku? Fabeku.com. Nice. And I am uh, either Andrew McGregor or uh, the Hermit Slam, basically everywhere. So uh, thanks, gents. Uh, Thanks for uh, jumping in and being our fourth today, Jason. It's been a a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, super, super great to have you here. I, I, I feel honored to be able to play the imaginary instrument in the imaginary band. (laughs) <laughs> may it always be thus <laughs> leading up to this recording I was having an exchange 
with uh, Fabeku and the uh, phrase in Stacking Skulls We Trust came up. And uh, I immediately, of course, thought that needs to be a t-shirt. And now it is. So if you are interested in that, check the show notes and you will find a link to it. Uh, or just go over to thehermitslamp.com, navigate to the shop and punch in skulls and you will find it in the search there. And in general, I want to say thanks a ton for listening. Thanks for supporting the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate everyone who shares it, who helps spread the word, uh, who supports the Patreon, and uh, you know who just tells people about it. So please continue to spread the gospel. It is much appreciated. And we'll be back soon with another episode.